0: You're listening to Splash with Shalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul.
1: So welcome to another episode of Splash. I'm Shaleen Bryan here with my buddy, Barbara Cameron. Hello everyone. Ready to splash you with a little love and laughter and encouragement to hopefully help you rehydrate your soul. So how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm very excited this morning. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> this guest is someone very near and dear to Barbara, but he's also a true inspiration to many of you listening. A lot of you maybe grew up um, watching him as Mike Seaver <laughs> on the hit show Growing Pains, but for me, he's just a solid, authentic Christian man who loves his wife, loves his kids in a shark-infested world called Hollywood, which That's is right. amazing. Mm. And he also is your first and only son, My first and only. So please uh. welcome to the Splash Zone, Kurt Cameron. Yay!
2: <laughs> Hello,
0: ladies. Hello, ladies. Very Hello, nice honey. to be talking to you. Oh. Hey, I'm Mama. Hi, honey. I love you. Oh, I'm hey, in were
3: Texas you. right yeah, now. He's in Texas.
0: Yeah, I'm in. I'm in Texas right now visiting a couple of a couple of our kids, mm. and um, it's. Uh, well, Jack loves it. It's 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 cold and cloudy, <laughs> and it's kind of. <laughs>
1: He can it's wear a flannel. Like it, I know. He loves it.
0: Yeah, he wears a flannel. It's just, there's this nor'easter kind of blowing through here. Snow he loves it.
1: Oh, that's great. It's Aww. awesome. Yeah. Speaking of Jack being in Texas, because obviously my firstborn son is your son's best friend, Blake, and they're both living in Texas, which is so funny? crazy. That's crazy. I, know. I mean, how I know. crazy that's is so that? They were in each other's weddings. Now they're both living like an hour from each other that's in great. Texas. Like God's so good to do that but i want to talk with you about empty nesters cuz you guys are almost in that stage right almost. now almost almost yeah, Who's yeah we low? we almost are yeah
0: yeah so we have you know, we have six kids and four of them have flown the nest so jack got married and moved to texas bella got uh, a great job as a worship leader at a church in texas in fact jack and bella are working at the same church along with jack's wife and then, um, let's see, Anna is working for a ministry in Colorado, and Luke is on his gap year program in Missouri. So we only have two kids at the house, but Olivia graduated also, and she's going to be heading out to college in the fall. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in within like a year, we went from six kids to one <laughs> child left in the house. So it's been a and crazy year happens. of transition for us. We
1: have them wow. for a year apart, basically, mm. right? Yeah. And James gets to have the whole house to
0: himself. <laughs> That's right. I kind of feel like I'm, 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 uh, I'm going to get my girlfriend back.
3: You um. know, for, for the
0: last twenty three years, uh, <laughs> oh. our house has just been yeah, crawling with all these little kids, and and now we're going to get to do some traveling, and it's going to be uh, uh, just honeymoon too. It's going to be great. That's right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You and Chelsea deserve yeah. it. No, yeah, seriously. you Put in a lot of work train them up in the way they should go. Speaking of training them up, I'm having a flashback right now of December 2016. Blake was at your house right around Christmas, visiting all of you and Jack and he comes home and he's like, Mom, I was talking to Jacks Kirk. And you know how I'm leaving for Europe and Grace and I just got engaged. That's Blake's girlfriend at the time. And she's going to be at Europe with the Baylor program. I'm going to be with the Pepperdine program. And Jacks Kirk just said, Blake, my son, calls Kirk Jack's Kirk, but um, said, You guys should just get married. This is crazy. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> what do you think, mom and dad? Yep. I go, Mike Seaver is going to marry you really tomorrow? <laughs> no, I said, yeah. Son. <laughs> I think that's an awesome idea. And, um, That was just a beautiful, I'm glad you stepped in there. I mean, it takes a village, you hear that, but when you have amazing people pouring into your kids, like you and Chelsea did with Blake and Brooke, he knew what you were saying was truth and he knew that Mm -hmm. um, it was wisdom. And so we went over and took over the Ronald Reagan Library. You can't even, they (laughs) do weddings there, but because we were with Kirk, they probably thought he was filming a special or something. (laughs) And you performed your first wedding, right? Yeah. Was it your first?
0: I didn't. I, I, you know, I wasn't even ordained uh, until like two days before. <laughs> and now, Shalene, I have to, I have to say, I, I really wasn't trying to. I really didn't think that your that Blake would get married that quickly. But <laughs> I, when he told me about all this, these great plans about he's going to be in Europe with his fiancee, and his, you know. And she was going to be there with, like you said, uh, with Baylor and he's there with Pepperdine. And I thought, Blake, this is just far too romantic of a trip for you guys not to go as a married couple.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and he's like, I know, I know, You know, talk to Grace. I'm like, no, Blake, you got you to talk to Grace. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if you're home for vacation for a couple of weeks, I mean, you might be able to pull some strings and, and, and pull this off. So he talked to you and then you called me a couple of days later and asked me if I'd marry them. And I was like, I'm not a minister. And then my pastor, he ordained me. And uh, you're right. We just walked onto the lawn. Uh, it was a beautiful day uh, at the Reagan Library. Yes. And uh, we pronounced him husband and wife. It was yes. beautiful. And then it was a double rainbow. Remember that? Right. In the sky, what? there was this beautiful double rainbow. Mm-hmm.
1: I think God put that out there for you to go. It was good that you yeah, said something. Perfect. I'm going to tell you twice. It was yeah. good. Here's two rainbows. Yeah. <laughs> So great.
0: Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty perfect. And I think that, uh, and I know they had a great time on their, uh, their European trip. And now look at them. I, I just saw them a couple of days ago and they're just happy, married couple. Three just years. Beautiful. Three,
1: Three years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and now Jack, your oldest yes. just got married this year. How was that for you?
0: Yeah. You know, it was so perfect. I mean, Kaylee is the perfect girl for Jack. I, I, uh, I just sit here and, and wonder, looking at how God orchestrated all of that, and they just have so much in common. They love being with each other. They're just perfect for each other,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and now
0: they're working together at this great church in Texas, together with Isabella.
3: And it's Second Mile Church, right? Second Mile Yeah, Second Mile
0: Church in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're super excited and so grateful for the way that that God is working all these things out with our kids.
1: It's amazing. I mean, you and Chelsea have modeled so well at just training, shepherding their heart, right? That they naturally now have a heart for ministry, and they're serving mm-hmm. the Lord, and they're impacting others. And it's like, well, Dad, well done, Dad. Of course, you're going to get your girlfriend back. I mean, you guys just finished well with this. It's amazing mm-hmm. seeing their lives. And I mean, I just literally just had dinner with Jack and and Kaylee yesterday in Texas for Blake's birthday, and. They're just in love, I mean she- you're right, she's perfect for him. they are perfect, <laughs> they're adorable, <laughs> oh, that's great,
0: yeah they rely like, and it's it's so it's so great, isn't it i mean we've we've got kids the same age, and you hope and you pray, and all those nights when you're you know uh, you know feeding bottles to your little babies and you're hoping and praying that they're gonna grow up and love the Lord. They're going to do good things with their life. And going through the teenage years where you're, you know, pulling your hair out and you're, you're praying, hoping to make it home safe from a party with their friends mm-hmm. and driving and all that. And, and then you start to see how uh, things begin to fall into place. And the, the things that you've taught them as little kids start to blossom and bear fruit. And they start learning as life teaches them lessons and they start to grow up and become these adults. And, uh, boy, it's just, it fills fills my heart with so much gratitude to see all of this mm. and that's just it's really great
1: mm. and being on the other side of this these young moms that are listening right now what would you, what advice would you give them as they're stressed out about the schools that they go to or um if they're in T-ball and if they win the dance competition mm. what advice would you tell them
0: well you know, Chelsea and I think about this kind of stuff all the time. Obviously, having having six kids, and Chelsea, uh, she talks with a lot of moms at a church near us, and we've we've all often come back to our three go to principles with raising our kids. And when we wonder whether we've done things right or or wondering, you know, are are we on the right track, we always come back to these three things. And and I think the first one is we keep saying um, uh, strive to be. The kind of person that you want your children to become, and 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 that really helps me. I I, I know that more is caught than taught. I've mm. heard that so many times, yeah. but uh, I've heard pastors say that that the real secret to raising good kids is developing some calluses on your own knees, having an open Bible, and a real walk with God yourself.
2: Mm.
0: And the idea is that. If we want our kids to uh, be respectful, if we want our kids to be full of joy, if we want them to have a strong faith, then the best thing we can do is model it for them. That's right. Show them what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Be a living, breathing, laughing, forgiving, uh, singing example of that so our kids don't have to wonder what it means to really be a person who loves God and, and loves other people. They can just say, well, what did my mom do? Mm-hmm. Or I remember what my dad did when he lost his job or when when my mom had that health crisis. I remember how she just would sing all of the time and she would trust God. And that's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I think if we can model that stuff for our kids,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's probably the best way we could ever teach them more than memorizing the Iwana verses, more mm-hmm. than uh, the, the youth group classes. And all of that is great. But if I want my kids to have... A strong faith and be full of compassion and have integrity, the best thing I can do is be a living portrait of that, uh, of that goal and, uh, try, strive for that as much as I can.
1: Hmm. That's good. You've done that. You yeah. both have. It's amazing. And you see the, the benefit of that now as there are young adults and there's, you know, going into all the earths for Jesus. And they have that bold confidence. It's a confidence that you don't win because you won the track meet or you won student body president. You won it because mom and dad loved each other fiercely. And they modeled what living and loving like Jesus And it it was modeled, honey. It was Mm -hmm. modeled,
3: you know, when we would come over for dinner or Christmas mornings or whatever, the consistency and the intentional part of you know, starting out in prayer or singing the doxology before we would have dinner or, you know, sharing Christmas morning and, you know, the birth of Jesus. And, you know, even as young kids, sometimes they don't really understand or they, they, uh, You know, a little restless, or they're not really getting it, or you know, oh, this is silly or stupid. You guys kept doing it, and I know Melissa's Mm -hmm. the same way. You just, you know, you're consistent and you're intentional. Just that steady, yeah, Yeah. that steady. uh,
0: And you know, I I, thank you, and and I I can't help but think of all the the mistakes that we've made and the times when I wish that I had reacted differently or said something you know, with, with more wisdom or grace. And I think that those are important times too, because we we are going to mess up. None of Mm -hmm. us are perfect parents. And when we blow it with our kids or with our, our spouse, I think that's an important time to model for our kids also how to say, you know what, I really, um, lost my temper last night when I talked with you. And, uh, I spoke to you in a way that I really never should speak to you. You know, I was, mm-hmm. uh, I was angry and I was wrong and I've asked God to forgive me and, and I'm asking you to forgive me too. Right. I'm still working on these things just like you are. And, uh, and there's hope for us for both of us. Yes. Um, and it's found in Christ. Mm-hmm. And if I can model responding to a, to my own conscience, when I know I make a mistake and then show them what it looks like to ask for forgiveness, I think that's, that's great stuff, too, because they're going to have to do that. Mm-hmm. They're going to make mistakes. And uh, there's no point in pretending to be perfect because we're not. That's that's the whole point of why we need Jesus. He's, he's the one who's perfect, and that's why we trust him.
3: And it's also an understanding of being sorry and being regretful. You know, there's, there's a difference there between both of those words. And we really do need to teach them regret and
1: forgiveness, not just, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Billy, say you're sorry. Yeah, that doesn't, yeah, there's a difference between.
3: Understanding.
1: I I just even feel people listening right now, there's probably tensions around Christmas time, Thanksgiving, the holidays, the seasons that we can get into, and you just basically gave them the model, everyone listening, it's okay, there's still time to go and say, I asked for forgiveness from God, and now I'm asking Mm -hmm. that you could find it in your heart to please forgive me. Right. It's such a beautiful way to just begin again. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think for, for, I know for me that that, that helps to stay in, in a, in a healthy relationship with, with my kids, because I think if, if we, if we act like we're, we're always right and we're, we're always correcting our kids and, and we, we hold the bar so high that it's Mm -hmm. difficult for them to ever meet those standards and, and hear from mom and dad, well done. I'm so proud of you. I love you. Wow. Great job. I, I'm so excited to, to see what you're doing. If it's, if if, if they're not hearing those kinds of things, it's our, our kids end up, I think they, they, they lose their heart to please us. And, uh, when they know that we're, we're with them and we struggle with things too. And, and, uh, and then we notice the good things that they're doing and we, we, we praise them for it. It keeps us in relationship. It keeps our friendship strong. It keeps our fellowship, uh, robust Mm. so that when we do have to correct them and discipline them, Uh, It's the occasional discipline along uh, a wide path of fellowship and fun and friendship and good times, you know, because ultimately when they turn into adults, they don't have to they don't have to spend time with us anymore. That's right. And I really want I really want them to. But they're only (laughs) going to spend time with us if (laughs) if they if they enjoy being with us and they believe we enjoy being with them.
3: Right. And what a beautiful picture it is for a wife to see her husband humble himself and to teach the children and to say to your children, I'm sorry, or even a, a mom, for the husband to see the mom. To say I'm not. I love perfect. the way Kirk said I, I just, it. Will you
1: forgive will me? Will you forgive me? But right? because I grew up picture. in a house, mm. my parents. It was an Italian home. My parents never said they were sorry or asked for forgiveness. My sister and mm-hmm. I both. They would just start talking to you again, so you'd kind of get the silent treatment or yelling. Then, well, yeah, well, it's Italian, so there's it always a yelling. But they would get then they would start begin to talk with you again, and you go, mm. okay, I think things are okay, mm. and they really weren't. Right. Instead of owning that. And then getting the forgiveness, like that's, that was just powerful the way you said that. And and definitely something that we want to be modeling yeah. for our children so that there is a relationship. These young moms that are, you know, worried about t-ball and dance classes, you're not even going to see them when they're 20 if you don't establish a, a relationship that's based in forgiveness mm-hmm. and owning your stuff. That's so good, mm-hmm. Kirk.
3: Yeah. So honey, I know many of our listeners have enjoyed a lot of the movies and things that you've done, you know, the fireproof and the monumental in your heart for family and your faith and your country. Um, And I know that there's some projects coming up that we're not going to talk about, but I do want to talk about a ministry that you're involved in, which is called Save the Storks. And uh, four out of five women who board a stork bus and see their baby on that ultrasound choose life for their child and don't abort that child. Yeah. So what made you want to get involved with Save the Stork?
0: Well, um, first of all, uh, when I met Chelsea, um, we uh, we got talking, not when I met her, but after we got married, we got talking about family, and uh, w- when, when we got talking about having kids, the subject came up about adoption because Chelsea uh, was adopted herself, and so was her brother, mm-hmm. and we decided that we wanted to adopt our kids first, and we thought... This would be a, a you know. There is so many kids who need parents, and we wanted to be uh, a mom and a dad, and so we learned about a, a great adoption agency, and we adopted Jack, and a year later we adopted Bella, and then Anna, and then Luke, <laughs> and and yeah, and then uh, and then Chelsea uh, got pregnant, and, and then here comes Olivia and James, and we've always had a heart for adoption. We've always been very pro life, and. Mm. Pro family and 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 i but we've never really had a, a way to express our passion for the pro life movement because so often that movement's been characterized by so much arguing and fighting and so much contention you know two two sides just going at it uh, with such a vengeance and then I heard about this ministry called Save the Storks which sort of came right up the middle with love and compassion and grace for the moms who are caught in this very stressful, very scary situation where they just they don't know what to do, and uh, they're kind of caught in the crossfire. And they're offering free health care to these moms and giving them uh, resources and options and helping them to make the best choice for them and their baby. And it turns out that four out of five of them uh, who board these mobile medical units mm. Uh, that are connected to a local pregnancy center, they choose life for their babies. And there's no picket signs, there's no bullhorns, there's no any of that. Uh, they just feel like they're not alone, and they feel like people care about them, and they're shown what God is growing inside of their, their belly. And their mom instinct kicks in, and they want to do what's what's best for their child. So it's it's really beautiful, and, and it's been a ministry, Chelsea and I have really been uh, excited to... To be a part of,
3: and and it's ongoing. Also, I mean, once you support Save the Storks for that woman who is pregnant, um, the ministry also helps support the moms after the baby. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. So really, what happens is, is the relationship with the mom kind of starts when when she sees this beautiful mobile medical unit with free pregnancy tests and ultrasounds uh, that she can she can have and. And and then, like I said, she's connected with a local resource center and that's usually connected with a local church. And so, um, that relationship starts there, but it continues through her pregnancy and many times even after her pregnancy to help her with either raising her child or placing her child for adoption. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, uh, it's really beautiful. And it's, it's, it's about being with these moms for, for the whole journey for the long haul. Yeah. And I, I can't tell you as a as a, a guy who's married to uh, a, my wife who, who was so close to not being born mm-hmm. and having four children who were one doctor appointment away for, from not being born. And if Chelsea hadn't been born, uh, our two natural kid, born mm-hmm. kids wouldn't be here either. Wow. So I'm so grateful for people who were there for those five birth moms when they were scared, they felt alone, they didn't know what to do. And they helped them see that, that that they can do this that that they can be a hero here, and they can they can do the thing that's going to make all the difference for these babies, and they did, yeah,
3: and they're beautiful, wow all of them they're amazing, <laughs> they're my grandchildren,
0: <laughs> so yeah. true. Oh, Where are these my, buses Babs are like... going start to the, the, Babs are going start to cry <laughs>
3: exactly. <laughs> They are. They're individually, they're each, they each have their own gift. And it's almost like, you know, it's like, well, you know, you get asked, well, who's the, the adopted children? And I, I'm like, I don't know. I don't remember. They're all my yeah. grandchildren, and yeah. they're all special, and they're all gifted in their own way. And you and Chelsea have just an amazing job in raising and training them
1: up. And the Lord, yeah, I could go on and on and on. So how can someone get involved with Save what? the Storks? Are there more buses? And where, where are they? Where are these? units they just mobily are traveling around the country
0: yeah yeah they uh usually they're they're parked in front of abortion clinics or college campuses or oh, that's uh, walmart parking mm-hmm. lots diff- different places where where um, moms might see them and uh you can get involved find out more about them if you just go to their website it's uh safe the storks uh okay. and- I, th- I think mm-hmm. it's dot .org, it might be mm-hmm. dot .com too, but I think it's dot .org, Save the Storks.
1: And we'll put that up too on our Instagram, because maybe a young girl right now is listening and she needs an opportunity to go have an ultrasound before she makes a decision and rescue her child and have an outcome yeah. like, you know, Chelsea did and that you did with your four adopted kids, which is amazing, which reminds me just of James one twenty seven. I mean, that's what religion that God our father accepts as pure is that we look after widows and orphans.
0: That is yeah, such amen. a beautiful
1: ministry, Save the Storks. I love the name too, Save the Storks. I didn't realize yeah. though that they were connected then to um, like a church or resource place so that girl could continue getting follow-up after she has the ultrasound through the whole nine months of the baby. And it is .com, savethestorks.com. So anyone who's interested okay. in getting involved, either donating money and supporting it, or if you would like an ultrasound, um, find out where one of these buses are and it's so neat that that's available and that's free. And the ultrasounds today are ridiculous, unlike when I had my oh, kids. They're like, like th- three, four-color. It's beautiful. Yeah. Full-color. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah. But you also are on the road, and is this why you're in Texas with Living Room Reset? Are you doing that still, too, this year?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. In fact, uh, last night was our very last event for 2019. So I think it was event number 69 wow. um, for the Living Room Reset. So we're... So we're kind of, we're kind of exhausted. We've been going to 30 cities this year and uh, we had such a great time. We were in Denton, Texas and uh, a couple other cities in Texas before that. And it's, oh, it's been so great. Just so And you to, you
3: even bring back the uh, nostalgia of the eighties and in, uh, in that bus to some of those VIP yeah, people, so we right? Right.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Tell
1: us what living room reset is. Yes.
0: Okay, I'll come back to the eighties nostalgia <laughs> stuff here in just a second. But living in reset is, is is a it's a it's a it's a date night for couples to get away from from everything distracting uh f- and really focus in on their marriage and their family. It's a, it's a night of worship together, uh we're laughing together, singing together, and learning together how to reset uh, the operating system in our home. So it's, how do we reset joy in our house? How do we, uh, how do we rediscover uh, the spiritual courage that we need, uh, to make our marriage really flourish and work and and go the distance? Uh, how do we train up our kids? Uh, everything from, we're going to talk, we're talking about things from social media to, uh, how do we discipline our kids? How do we share the gospel with our kids? Um, toddlers to teenagers, young adults, and uh, all of it's just in this context of, of knowing that we, we only have so much time together as, as couples, and we're putting our kids together to give them away. And when they walk, when we point them to God and then point them to the front door uh, at 18, 19, 20 years old, and they're off to college, uh, we want to make sure that they have the tools that they need to, to flourish and thrive. So that's what the living room reset is all about. It's uh, kind of resetting the very heart of the home, and uh, and and so we've had a great time. And and the nostalgic element of it is we actually have a little VIP pre-event party, and it's called Mike Seaver's '80s Bus Party. <laughs> and uh, with the we, we take everything. our tour bus. Yeah, we got this great tour bus, and we, we, we just deck it out with everything 80s. So all this 80s memorabilia from slap bracelets to mixed cassette tapes and boom boxes to RC Cola and, uh, you know, uh, Huey Lewis in the news and Michael Jackson videos (laughs) playing on the TVs. And, uh, we take Polaroid pictures and (laughs) it's just a, it's a blast. And, uh, and then we have a little Q and a time and hang out, have some coffee. And, uh, then we start, start the whole evening. So it's, it's been a great time and I hope it it continues.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Are you planning on it for 2020?
0: Yeah, we, we actually are planning on it in 2020. Um, We're doing things a little bit differently on the scheduling. Normally we, we spread the 30 cities out uh, over the course of uh, the whole year, but in 2020, we're going to do all 30 events in about 45 days. So it's going to be the month of February and, and March. So it'll be just like a, kind of like a, yeah, just a spring tour and we'll have the whole whole year uh kind of squeezed into a couple of months and and so who knows we might have a fall tour but we're not sure That's that is great. so That's great awesome.
1: and what a cool i love how you named it reset mm-hmm. because there's so many things in our life we can just reset it and begin again mm-hmm. like god's Don't like go back That's reset right. it and move forward yeah there's a reason the windshield's mm-hmm. bigger than the rearview mirror just okay. reset and keep going forward god's got this yep. But talking about you know resetting joy and resetting communication, resetting your commitment to your spouse um, as a mom, I mean that's just so encouraging. Wow, sixty nine events. That's, that's so crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I know.
0: I I can't believe it. But uh, but it's 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 been a real blessing.
1: What is something this this year that God's really been teaching you? Just in your quiet time and you spending solitude with God, is there? Anything specific that you feel like, wow, I've,
0: you know, I, I think Chalene and, and Mom, I, I, I can even relate this back to when I was, uh, when, when me and my sisters were, were little kids, mom, all the times that, that you, you tucked us into bed at night, the times when, you know, you were always at home when we got home from school and you're making dinner and uh, working around the house and, and the times when we, you know, just sat down and needed. You to listen to us or talk to us and work through things. Those are the things that that I've experienced as a parent now with my own kids. There are times when you know your kids never thank you for those things when you uh, do those little things that go unnoticed. Those things that just feel like the day in and day out stuff that uh, they'll never. You think they'll never remember. But it's when it's when I got older that I can. I do think back and, and, and treasure the, those times and value just you being there, just mm-hmm. the kind of person that you are, not even remembering so much what you said, but just who you are as a person. And I'm seeing now with my own kids, the way that my wife has just invested time with the kids, uh, the way that she's stayed up. Late, even when she's tired, and just listened to the drama and prayed with the kids, and been there at the soccer games as much as she could. Um, the times when I've tried to talk with the with my sons about what it means to be a man, and it seems like they're not listening, they're not paying attention. But now that they're eighteen and nineteen and twenty, and they're 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 engaging with the real world, I'm seeing that those things really did count. Mm-hmm. And, and they do remember those little things. And many times it's just saying, hey, what did my dad do? Or hey, what did my mom do? And all of a sudden, those things that you think were, were lost and forgotten in their you know, young years, they, they come back to them. And I, I think Proverbs even says something about that. They're like, the wisdom that you give to your kids they'll wear it like a necklace around their neck as they Mm. get older. And those words will speak to them. They'll whisper in their ears and they'll remember. Mm. And I'm starting to see that now with our own kids. Mm. And so I think what God's been teaching me is Kirk, have faith. Don't, don't walk by sight, walk by faith and trust me, all this is worth it. Just keep going. Just keep being faithful. And I'm working behind the scenes in their hearts. Mm. And I, I think that's an encouragement to, to every parent who might be listening to us. Uh, all the little things matter. It's, it's worth it. Keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep loving your spouse. Keep treasuring your kids. Keep letting them know that there's nothing they could ever do to make you not love them.
2: Mm.
0: And uh, when you think nobody's looking, keep your own personal integrity. The Lord will bless it. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, that was so Now good. she's then, really thank crying
1: you. So my <laughs> so sweet, so honoring. Thank you. honey. So true.
3: Well, I wanna if I'd like to talk about the uh the commencement because there were so many good yes. nuggets in there that yeah. uh when you spoke at Grand Canyon University. Uh, had that you was come. so much fun. Oh, I never my did gosh. that before. Yeah, it was wonderful, and I loved the three people that you you know, the friends that everybody has. I mean, you spoke about that. I'd love for you to just share a little bit of that.
0: Yeah. So I had a chance to talk with all of the, the, the the fall graduates at Grand Canyon university. And what was really cool about this graduation ceremony was that there was about 6,000 graduates with all of their family members there. And there were people from all over the country who uh, took their courses online. So you had people from New York, Florida, from, right, from, from Texas, from everywhere all coming to Arizona for their, uh, for their graduation. So some of them were getting master's degrees, some bachelor's, some doctorates in nursing or education or medicine or whatever. So it was a really diverse group of people somewhere in their sixties, somewhere in their twenties. And so it was challenging to try to think of how to encourage and, and, and talk to everyone there. But, uh, you know, I just, I, I could just, see that if, if you've spent all of this time and energy and money getting a degree, um, the thing you now are thinking about is what am I going to do with it? Right, you know, what, what, right. what do I do?
2: Exactly. And,
0: uh, and so I, it, it made me think of how the apostle Paul, who was so accomplished, he had done so much. He had this perfect pedigree. He came from the, from, from the right schools and had all of the great grades and, and all of these, uh, awesome things on his his religious resume and then he he makes this shocking statement he says uh he goes this one thing i do he said i i forget what is behind me and i press on toward the future uh mm. and i thought wow he's already accomplished so much and he's saying i'm going to forget about the past and everything i've already done i'm not going to boast and bask in my past accomplishments which were huge And he could have. He could have made a career out of that. He said, I'm going to press on into the future, which, uh, as we know, uh, meant him going in in almost a completely different direction as God laid out this new path for him uh, at the beginning of of the Christian Church. And so I I tried to inspire them uh, and and, and remind them that they were created uh, by God with um, a mission in mind. They were made on purpose for a purpose. They were they were shaped for service, and they ought to enjoy their diplomas and you know toast and celebrate and 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 you know dance and sing and celebrate all their accomplishments. But then forget all of it and press on into the future uh, because God's got a great journey ahead for them.
1: It was such a uh, Bryce and I watched it twice. Kirk, it was so good because it's so the opposite of every commencement speech I've ever heard Mm -hmm. because it was full of truth in the sense of, yeah, you accomplished that. Let's celebrate that today. But now we have a... We're running a mission. We're, we're disciples. We need to go out now into all the earth, like now press forward into the things that God has for us next. Mm-hmm. He's always creating, yeah. you know, he's not a duplicator. He's a creator. Yeah. So he's creating something new. Sometimes we can hang that degree on our wall and check that box and sit in our lazy boy yeah. and put our and it, feet up and think we're done.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and, I, and I, I get it because it's, it, it's fun to do. It feels great. It's so affirming to, to, to think of the things we've accomplished in the past. Um, and sometimes it's really easy for, for us to say, wow, I'll just, I'll just bask in these things because the hard part is over. I did it. I I finished it. And, and, and I think we should celebrate our accomplishments. Um, God created the world in six days and then he rested on the seventh day. He said it was all good. And, and I, and I think that we should do that too. Um, and then what often sets in, I know at least it does for me is the, the fear of not doing as well in the future can often cripple us from taking risks and being creative and really going for it. Because we can just say, I already did that, and I already finished it. I got right. my diploma. I, did my, I, got, I got the job. I got the promotion. I'll just sort of rest on my laurels here. And so I, I wanted to encourage them by, I, by reminding them that fear is the great dream killer. Uh, fear cripples your imagination. It puts limits on a limitless God. And that uh, fear uh, will stop you from going on your journey. You know, you, you can't really get very far if you've got a suitcase packed full of fear. And the first thing you've got to leave behind if you really want to, to adventure out is all of this fear. And uh, uh, I, I really like that, that fun African uh, uh, proverb or that parable that, uh, that they see as the antidote to fear. About those roaring lions, you yeah that? oh share that yes. yes,
1: that was so good share that yeah
0: yeah my my pastor shared this with uh, with us one Sunday morning and i and I just love to be he, he uh spent fourteen years in Africa as a missionary, and he said that the africans they uh they know how those how those wild African safari animals uh survive, but particularly the lions he said that the the way that the lions can secure their their dinner meal is by uh, being very, very strategic, and uh, they know how the antelopes and the gazelles feed and the way that they move through the savanna. Uh, they eat the tall grass, and the lions will position themselves on opposite sides of the grass as the, the, you know, the prey come through, and they would split up in two groups. They put the younger, stronger lions on one side of the grass and then the old, uh, weaker lions on the other side. And the older lions, uh, they, they lost uh, a lot of their teeth and most of their, their strength. But, but what they didn't lose was their roar. So their roar was much bigger than their bite. And, and that was very important in their strategy. So, so as, the, as the animals uh, come feeding through the savanna, they, they get to that tall grass. And then all of a sudden, the big old lions on one side would roar and scare the antelopes, and in a panic, they would be blinded by their fear and run away from the roar straight into the jaws of the hungry young lions.
1: Dinner! Yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding! Dinner, that's what that
0: was it. <laughs> and so the, the, the moral of the story is don't run away from the roar. Run toward the roar, mm. and you'll, you'll discover that uh, there's nothing to fear. And so if, if, if we think of those things that scare us, those things that sound exciting, but they scare us and we're, we're afraid, we should just run toward them. And, and then we discover that there's sort of this imaginary fear there uh, that no longer has control over us. It's no longer in charge. And then we step into the future and, and what I think is God's great plans and, and, and the dreams that we've been wanting to accomplish.
1: hmm It's true. Fear paralyzes you. And when Mm -hmm. I read that, the Bible says, fear not. That's a command. So when I am in fear, I'm actually in sin, which is weird to me. I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder I can't hear God. I'm so freaked out over the situation. He's like, fear not. He doesn't say, oh, fear if you don't know what you're going to do with the rest of your life, or fear you found out you had cancer, or fear this. He said, no, fear not, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you are. And that's just such a word, you know, because fear does prevent us from achieving um and running the race that God has set before us. You share a story in there too about a race. Yes,
3: I was about to say that that
1: Olympian and it's it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Of a father son, can you share you're such a good storyteller, Kirk. Can you tell that story?
0: So Eric Little is the he's the the main character in that great movie Chariots of Fire. And uh there's a, oh, such a great scene in there where where this this Scottish runner who is Scotland's best hope for a gold medal uh, is talking with his little sister, Jenny, who has come back from China and she wants him to stop running. She thinks he's just he's wasting his life on this pipe dream of an Olympic gold medal. And she wants him to get back to his missionary work in China. And uh, Eric Little uh, takes her for a walk and he says, he uh, says Jenny, Jenny. I've decided uh, I'm going back to China. He says, uh, but I've got a lot of running to do first. And uh, he, he, he lets her know that he said, Jenny he said, God made me for a purpose. He said, uh, and that's to do missionary work in China. He said, but he also made me fast. And he said, and when I run, I feel his pleasure.
2: Mm.
0: And he said, just to, to give all of that up would be, would be to dishonor him. And he said, when I, when I, when I run, uh, I, I honor him and I, I feel his pleasure. Some, something like that. So and, good. and then the whole point of that was that he was, he was someone who really had a personal relationship with his master. He knew why he was born. He knew what he was on the earth to do, and that was to bring honor and glory to his God. And uh because God made him fast, he wanted to use those gifts and talents. And uh and so that that part of the speech was really just about letting people know that on their journey into the their future, uh one of their most important companions that that, that they need to stay close to is their master, uh the one who made them, the one who understands their dreams and their search for significance, because he's the one who put those things there. And uh he's the the one who is going to give them the wisdom to make decisions and, uh, and they always need to stay close to him. So Eric little really exemplified that in, in the movie. Uh, he didn't want to do anything to dishonor his master.
1: Mm. That's so, yeah, good. It's so good. And it's neat. I love the story because he then later goes on and becomes the missionary. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he does. He does. He goes back to his missionary work. And, and I believe as the story goes, he uh, actually died in China and uh, Scotland was so heartbroken that, that he was there in China and the conditions were getting worse and worse. They wanted to get their uh, Olympic hero out of these terrible conditions, and so they sent train after train to take uh, people out of China. And Eric Little, uh, I believe, uh, was there at the last train out of China, and the train was full and there was room for one more person, and rather than getting on the train, he put uh, one more of the people that he was there to serve on the train and sent it on his way. And he stayed in China and passed away there. <sighs> so he was devoted to the cause.
1: Yeah. What wow. a stud. <laughs> Seriously. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, So good.
0: Yeah. It's good to share these kinds of stories uh, of our heroes from the past and to pass them on to our kids and to read into our kids because they inspire us. Right. It's like, I hear that story and I say, I want to be like that guy. Yes, I want. I want to be the one that says, you know, God. God made me an actor. I mean, I've never wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to go do something else. I know. You know, I, I like to teach. My dad was a teacher. My grandparents were teachers. But mm-hmm. God made me. He made me whatever I am to be able to act and do movies and stuff. And so I feel like I should do that so I can honor Him. And and just like Eric Little, God made him fast, so He says I should run. I should run as fast as I can.
1: What did he say he felt when he was running? I love pleasure. That. Pleasure.
0: Yeah, he said God made me fast, and he said when I win, I, f- I feel His pleasure.
1: I feel yes, his, pleasure. his pleasure. Yeah, it's not our personal yeah. pleasure. It's like when we're walking in that calling and we lean in to the mission that God has before us, fixing our eyes on yeah. Jesus. There's pleasure yeah. there mm-hmm. from him. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, so good.
0: yeah, yeah. I think I've, i I th- it's something like it. I, I think actually he said God made me fast, and so when I run, I feel His pleasure. Yes, mm-hmm. And uh, and when he I when I win when a race, running. I honor Him.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was thank so you awesome, much. Honey. Oh, so
1: much. Oh my so, gosh. So
3: awesome.
2: <laughs> Yeah, so I good. just want
3: to thank you so much for um, just blessing our listeners today, um, our moms and our dads and kids and, and honoring your mama. I know. Uh, that was, was so... just beautiful words. I thank you for that. And uh, for our listeners, I just want to encourage you to take what you've heard today and, uh, you know, be intentional parents, be loving, be encouragers. It all starts at home. It starts at home. Don't look to everybody else to raise your children because the ones who might be influencing them might not be the ones that you want them to be influenced by because everybody, the world is ready to devour them and take them away and uh, uh, have them go someplace else. But as parents, if we're intentional and we love the Lord and we uh, raise them up in the way they should go... um, that's our role as parents and disciples in Christ. And so, thank you, son, for being such an awesome son. I'm blessed to be your mom. I'm grateful um, that God chose me to be your mother.
1: Thank you for your friendship and for just even modeling Christ and pouring mm-hmm. into even Bryce and my kids, Blake and Brooke. Or, uh, it's just, it's beautiful how yeah. you can do that for other people.
3: And we look forward to next year. And all that God has planned for you, because I'm very excited.
0: Yeah, little grandbabies are coming. <laughs> grandbabies are coming for for me, and then and oh, great, great grandbabies. Oh my goodness!
3: Is that a secret, or is that just in no, general? No, 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 no. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> no, just in general. Nothing <laughs> okay, that good. I know about yet. No, okay, good. <laughs> no. Uh,
3: Thank thank you, Kirk. Well, thanks, you guys. All right. All All right. Take care. Safe
1: travels home.
0: Love (laughs) y'all. Okay. Love (laughs) y'all.
1: Bye. Bye. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. We love talking to you, and we also love hearing from you. So drop us a note or a review on the platform you're listening from. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Splash Podcast. Until then, let's splash by showing up with our family this week. Mm -hmm. Let's do that.
3: Absolutely, that sounds wonderful. Mm.
1: It starts at home. Starts at home.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at chalenebryan.com.